0: To be a better athlete, you have to have your self-esteem and your self-worth sometimes live outside it. So when times are tough in sport, you're not going to mentally crumble. TTYA Talks, the podcast.
1: So guys, you know every week we need to be focused. And our guest today is the fastest British woman ever. She's the current world 200 metre champion, champion, four times European champion and the first British woman to run a hundred metre sprint in less than 11 seconds. She was recently ranked the fifth most marketable sportswoman in the whole wide world. Have you guessed who it is yet? Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome Dina Asher-Smith. Hi Dina, welcome to TTYA Talks, the podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm okay, actually. I'm like, I'm, I'm, re- I'm ready to escape to freedom. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm ready to escape. By the time everyone's probably listening to this, we're probably going to be on our way to countdown till June 21st.
0: <laughs> oh, I hope so. I literally can't wait for this, but... um yeah, it's been a long year for everybody, hasn't it? It's been, <laughs> it's been so crazy. crazy, but
1: but we'll get into the we're we're gonna we're gonna unpack it. We're gonna unpack it in this episode. <laughs> so like with every episode, I always say to everyone, you know, we need to be focused. You know, we can start at the beginning. Give us the gist. So tell us a little bit about you know where you grew up, your school education, and your roots and culture, your family life.
0: Okay, so I'm uh, from Southeast London. I grew up in Orpington, part of Bromley. So basically, yeah, Bromley southeast all that area um I am Jamaican Trinidadian so but I've got the best of both (laughs) and um yeah I I yeah went to an all-girls school in southeast London and then I went to uni at King's I graduated oh my god when did I graduate oh my god ages ago now 2017 (laughs) I did history which was lots of work but very very fun And yeah, but I've been running since I was technically eight years old. I've been professional in like averted commas because like obviously there's lots of different meanings of what it means to be a professional athlete. But I count myself as being professional since I was 16 years old. So, um, yeah,
1: I love that. Okay, question. Yeah, I know I'm kind of probably jumping a little bit back and forth, but I think it would be really interesting to see like how you actually started getting into athletics and then how you kind of balance that with education because you've just said that you even did higher education at that so yeah how are you how are you, balance, <laughs> how are you balancing both this because I could I could just about maintain
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna lie it definitely did take a lot of planning time and coordination it was difficult but um yeah now I started running when I was about eight years old and I started at primary school there was a running club at my primary school and like by then I was already one of the sporty kids but I didn't really run so I did at that point I think when I was about Eight, I already decided that I wanted to go to the Olympics because I remember I watched mm. Kelly Holmes and I watched the Relay Boys win in 2004 in Athens and I said to my mum and dad I was like yep that's what I want to do and they both looked at me like... <laughs> like (laughs) okay we're gonna support you but like (laughs) they're like it's hard babe (laughs) but um yeah but so when I was about eight I knew that I wanted to go to the Olympics I didn't know how I was gonna get there didn't know what I was gonna do but I knew I just wanted to go I saw the idea of like I've always been super competitive and my whole family are as well so I saw the idea that um yeah every four years the people who are the best at the world at whatever they do they get together and they compete and I just thought that whole thing was whole, right f- like really fun. <laughs> I honestly just thought that was just, like, the concept of it. I thought it was just, I just hadn't seen anything like it in the world. You know, I don't think there are many things that when it comes to being an athlete and Olympian where you can just, yeah, get together, do whatever you're all brilliant at in a competitive setting and then see who's the best. And if you're competitive, I was like, that is exactly what I want to do. It's like playing dominoes on a grand scale. So (laughs) yeah, um, that's what, yeah. So when I was eight, I decided I wanted to do that. So I was, at that point I was um, swimming, I was dancing, I was doing platform diving. I was also learning how to play instruments. I was one of those kids that just did everything. And I remember this girl in my school, they started they started a running club and this one of my friends said oh do you want to come with me and I remember being like nah like that looks really long like tiring <laughs> like no and then she was like oh please please come with me I was like no like it looks really tiring I'm all right like I already do swimming and whatever and um she was like I'll buy you an ice cream if you just come with me on the first day like I want to sign up and I don't want to go by myself so I was literally like all right then I thought I'd just go you know what I mean just turn up and then just go with her and then get the ice cream i got the ice cream but then because I went to a really school- small primary school if you signed your name up on that first day I didn't realize but you signed yourself up to represent the school in a cross-country competition exactly you can imagine when i found out your friends set you up still no i don't think she didn't know either no no she didn't know she didn't know i remember we both got there we were like wow it was at crystal palace it was like the bromley primary schools and i remember we were both there was like three four hundred kids and we both got there we were like yeah we did not expect to be doing this but um i thought okay let's do this cross country my friends wrote me into it my mum's here and my mum my mum used to run and my mum used to play hockey as well so my mum was over the moon that I was gonna go try running she was like this is what I used to do go and do it go and do it I was like okay I'm just gonna give it a shot and I was running and I don't know if you've done like any kind of endurance workouts or workouts but when you get to this point like you can taste like iron in your mouth and you feel like you're bleeding honestly and I was eight and I'd never experienced that before and I remember thinking that I was dying because obviously I could taste blood and I remember I literally remember halfway through the there's these things called marshals which is just people going go on you're going the right way like they guide you across yeah and i stopped and i said to the marshal like i'm honestly dying like i can taste blood like help me and then he i can't remember if it was a hero or a she i just remember them being like it's okay keep going and i remember being like i'm gonna die but i told somebody i've always been dramatic so i remember being like i'm gonna die but you know what i told this lady or this guy but so if i die it's actually on them so <laughs> i kept going and i didn't know what was happening i remember i crossed the line and i've always been dramatic and i feel found my mum and I like collapsed into her like, I'm so tired mum oh my god it's awful and she was like oh my god well done I'm so proud of you so proud of you I was like what are you talking about I want to go home and she was like you came fifth out of like all these people I was like oh then I remember thinking oh my god I've got to do it again <laughs> so that's what happened and then I did it again then the year after that I won it and then the year after that I came joint first so my introduction to track and field was a complete by an ax by an I wasn't quite an accident but like obviously I didn't expect <laughs> to be doing that I was just about big. to say every,
1: everybody <laughs> needs those friends in their life that like maybe can force who, who are fortune tellers you know they can, they can see your destiny for you before you can see no. your destiny for yourself.
0: Not even it was <laughs> just I remember, you with ice
1: cream. She didn't even know that that would now be your destiny. Honestly
0: and then suddenly I was like I could run at school and I remember thinking I've always been sporty and I've always been kind of quick but I was like one of the quick ones in the class do you know what I'm saying like I was one of them I wasn't necessarily like some Somebody that you would have. Oh, I don't think that um, I was when somebody would turn around and be like, "That girl's going to be." and Olympian I would I was just like yeah I'm sporty I'm quick but I can also play the trumpet I also dance I'm also all right in class you know so I just thought it was just part of me and um, yeah but as time goes on obviously I went to a small school as well well, so when you're good at something (laughs) you You end up doing this. no not even that you end up doing it more and more and more so um, but I'm really grateful and then I went to my local athletics club Blackie from Bromley to like try out other stuff after I'd done well at cross country a few times and then thankfully I found out, I found sprinting and I found uh, jumping as well. And I was like, wow, this is like amazing. This is not cross country. This is definitely more up my street. I don't get exhausted like with the iron in my mouth. I don't have any of that. I don't have to be patient. I don't have to pace myself. I don't have to be sensible. I just have to, when the gun goes, I run as fast as I can. And I was like, you know what, this is for me. So... Yeah, that's
1: how I found it. <laughs> you went to King's College London, right? Um, so, yeah. what was the university? Because I want to, I want to come back to the running because I feel like, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, I really want to understand and unpack like what university must have been like for you then. Because, you were you training on the side, like how were you kind of yes. balancing both?
0: No. I was um, definitely what I would call full-time athlete at that point, because I was already a senior international. I was got my first senior international vest at 17, so wow. I was part of the GB senior team before I went to uni. Yeah, so I remember, and it's actually getting the, I got my GB senior vest as kind of a surprise, and it was actually that that directed where I wanted to apply for uni, because I remember I won the European Junior Championships when I was 17 in Italy. I was really happy. This is when I was still at secondary school, and everybody was so proud, we were really happy yeah unbeknowningly to me my coach had been in communication with the senior relay team coach because i think the senior relay team coach said i want to take her to the senior world champs later this year and my coach knew me he was like well, I'm not really going to tell her just in case it doesn't happen but we're going to privately just so she did not even notice just practice relay at training we'll make it fun and all these things like so I didn't know that I'd secretly been doing months worth of relay practice <laughs> and then I got the call up to go to World Champs it was great and then we got a bronze medal there and it was I didn't even expect to run Then I didn't expect to make the final then we got a bronze medal it was crazy it was so good and then I got nominated for BBC's Young Sports Personality of the Year mm-hmm. and I remember throughout that whole period I'd really wanted I'd always just been targeting going to like oxbridge or going to america and going to harvard or one of the ivds like i've just always just yeah, that's where I wanted to go. You wanted like, that to be your destiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, I just always was like, well, yeah, that's that's where I want to go. And there was, I went, I was quite fortunate to go to quite an academic school, so it wasn't unusual for girls to to do that. Mm. You know, it was it was quite reasonably common. Like even yeah, girls say, I'm texting them. That's what. That's exactly the path that they took. You know, so um, <laughs> I was. It was just kind of normal to have that aspiration. And then when I kind of remember, I got nominated for BBC sport, Young Sports Personality of the Year. I I remember being so happy and so surprised, but then I also kind of went. Oh i really have i really should give this track thing a go Mm. and i remember that moment actually being really weird because i had this like (laughs) idea of what i was gonna be and i realized that plan that track should not be on the side track should be the way forward so then i decided to stay in london stay with my coach and up my training days and train more aligned with what um a typical like elite athlete would do Mm. so like i think i was on five days a week at that point i'm on six now but um yeah kind of and then balance that with uni and going to Kings and I have to say I did not have the normal uni experience Mm. I did not go out partying I was not drunk like I was not like (laughs) because just my timings it just didn't work like that like I had all my fun after the season after a major championships but like as for that uni life that everybody had I did not do it because I was training and that was what 2016 was Olympic Mm. year then we had a home world champs 2017 so that just wasn't part of my unique experience. Like I had the Olympics to go for, so,
1: <laughs> yeah. So typically what is a tr- what is your training schedule? Like I know now you said that you've increased to six days, but even when you were at five, like what does that typically look like? Because I'm just trying to envision like how, I'm still unpacking how you were doing that <laughs> and getting a full-time education simultaneously.
0: Yeah, it was, it, no, it was definitely a lot of work. Um, So I do six days a week right now. So that means I train Monday through Saturday and Sunday's my day off Whoop. Monday some sessions, <laughs> some days it's just one session and some days it's two so Monday and Wednesday are my double days. so I'll do gym for about two two hours on Monday Wednesday and Friday mornings and that is on Monday mornings um it's gym kind of with a twist so we do it mainly it's a bit confusing so I'm gonna whiz through it um we do it kind of with an electric suit on mm. so it's not I know it sounds weird but like it's like having I don't know if people listen to or complexes or like it's like having something stimulating your muscles whilst you're doing your cleans or mm. your squats or your balance work so it just makes it a bit more challenging is it a
1: bit like those ab, ab machines that you see on QVC you know when they wire you up and you can be sitting at home on the sofa and it's doing your ab workout for you
0: <laughs> <laughs> ish like that's honestly I know it sounds strange but like ish except it's like my whole body whole and body. then I have to move normally Okay. that's kind of it, it helps me because um, I don't have to put too much weight On my back and give myself lower back pain. I can't be bothered with that. But it kind of gets some of the same stimulus in different anyway. I don't need to go into it. But that's Monday. (laughs) Um Wednesday, Friday um, is more of a traditional Olympic lifting session. So like your cleans, your squats, your leg press, your big boy weights, those kind of days. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, I'm on track um, different times during the day. But um, yeah, that can be anything from from long runs to really short sprints, short technical sessions, running efficiently and, and practicing that or just going at it with my training partners and <laughs> running, running wow. as fast as we can, even though we're exhausted. So yeah, every week, every day is different. Every week's different, but definitely balancing that with uni was challenging. I, def- I wouldn't take it back for the world. Like, I would, I'm so grateful. No, honestly, I'm so grateful for the fact that I did them both together for so many reasons. Um, because A, it taught me a lot about myself. It taught me time management skills. It taught me to be, especially doing a humanities degree at a mm. uni like King's, it taught me how to be very efficient <laughs> and read very quickly and read for understanding and not just sit there and, and do a, have a jolly, you know, because... Besides the fact that the degree was hard, um, I also had um, a full time job, you know, Mm. so well more than a job, like a lifestyle to be doing. (laughs) I was about to say, since that um, is one hell of a job, I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it just it just taught me a lot about myself. And I think that it was also very handy for my identity as an athlete to have a whole a world when I went to uni where some people knew that I ran but some people didn't like maybe after the Olympics I think everybody knew that I ran because yeah. <laughs> the uni made a fuss and I was like oh wow I remember sitting in the lecture theatre and I think somebody went congratulations At the I was like oh my god this is so embarrassing because oh, <laughs> I was like I was so anonymous I was so anonymous I was absolutely loving it like a few people knew but like and my friends but I was loving it I was anonymous and after the Olympics I was like yeah I'm not anonymous anymore Sis- I'm not anonymous
1: <laughs> Low key, but high key. You know them ones.
0: No. keyboard key, but high key. No, I, was just, I was just, I was like, look, I'm here to just get my degree and go home, <laughs>
1: <laughs> One thing that was really great at uni is that, like, I think touching upon what you said was it you did get a lot of life skills from it. Like, I, I, I'm always oh, a bit funny on the educational side because now when I look back, I think, would I have gone? Not sure, but I do. I would never take back, like, for being financially independent, like, learning all the Honestly, life skills from actually going to uni and mixing with different people,
0: too. It's also growing up, it's that mixing mm. with different people, learning about different people's backgrounds, and also for me, I think it was also it grew me as a person more well rounded person because I've always kind of worked really hard to be more than just an athlete not just because like not for that no, not for shits and giggles mm-hmm. Excuse my language not just to be that but also because to be a better athlete you have to have your self-esteem and your self-worth sometimes mm-hmm. live outside it so when times are tough in sport you're not going to mentally crumble because you know sports very up and down next thing you're injured or next thing you're coming eighth and you don't need to be having an identity crisis you know mm-hmm. you that like, you just don't need that on top of everything so for me I was just really I always wanted to, if sport didn't work out for me, I had somewhere else where I could go and be completely legitimate. And also, if sport was having a bad time, I know that, yeah, just have the confidence in myself and know myself enough and have enough life skills, have enough of an understanding about myself and my own limits to not only push through that and get better, but also to just, yeah, not crumble if things don't go my way. And I think that is essential. And I think for athletes, when you look at people who... um. It's not just uni, though. I think it's just something else, if that makes sense. So I think that's what... I, when you talk about education, I know what you mean because I don't think that people have to go to uni to feel like that. I don't think people have to go to uni to be fulfilled or whatever. Like, absolutely not. Like, there's so many different ways to, to accomplish this thing called life, isn't there? But I think that it's always important to just have a little something else where you can get your joy, your happiness from, your self-esteem, your self-confidence, you know? And it doesn't have to be something that's consistent or your number one thing. But I just always think it's really important to have a strong sense of identity outside of your primary focus. And that's what I think uni started building for me because it means that I can now write, I can debate, I can, mm-hmm. you know, I understand more about other aspects of life. So,
1: Oh, I love that. So at what point do you think, like, it, you got to the crossover point and you thought Do you know what i'm really onto something here like this <laughs> this is going to be my 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 main focus now like yeah. I'm, I'm really i'm I really think- about this now
0: I'm really about this month. I think I've always been focused, but it definitely was just before uni. And thank God that happened just before uni, because I fully would have gone to a different uni in the middle of nowhere Mm. and probably wouldn't have had the same coaching structure. Thank God. So um, (laughs) I'm really happy I had that that kind of realisation before uni. But yeah, it was when I kind of got nominated for BBC Young Sports Personality of the Year. And I remember I was nominated against some other amazing female athletes all happened to be women that year it was Amber Hill the shooter and Charlie Hull the golfer who were both professional excellent in their fields I feel like they've won so much so it was a very good year <laughs> for BBC's young spotty but at that age even though we were like 16 17 they were already career sports women. Mm. like they were flying around the world living in their golfing or shooting bubble you know making a living and I remember being like Dina, you've really got to take this seriously because if somebody like the BBC rates you enough to be put in company with these amazing women and these people have been like look this is my life then maybe you should do it too and um i was so yeah so grateful that i did and then also there was probably another turning point as well when i believed that i could be i don't know i don't i don't want to say it because i've always believed that i could be very good but mm. i believe that i could be a champion i think there's there's they're two different things for me personally like some people they're very lucky yeah. like i think michael Johnson is like this they wake up and they're like look I'm going to be the best that they've ever seen. I'm going to be the best in this entire world. I'm going to, they just wake up and they're like that from, from the get go. And like, yeah I mean some people they could do that but I don't know I'm just one of those people that's like are you sure there's like how many billion people on this planet so if I could be really good I'd be really happy but you know if I'm not number one I'm not gonna cry because like it's a really hard statistic like that's just me Mm -hmm. (laughs) but the kind of transition from from that mentality of I'm really happy to have this job I'm really happy to be here I'm gonna try my best to no, I want to win Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean it's hard to describe I've always wanted to win but like I had a different switch when I went to the world championships in 2000 2017 because that was my last year of uni. So I was doing my dissertation, exams. Mm. It was long. I also broke my foot in the February, and I had to make the world champs team. Well, I didn't have to, but I wanted to make the world champs team in August. And most people said, "Oh, that will take two years to come back from your foot." Blah blah blah. And I remember thinking, "I haven't got two years. I got five months." So um <laughs> I was very fortunate to have a very talented and intelligent team, and they work. Yeah, my team operates independently from, from British Athletics and we worked very, very, very hard to get back for the World Championships and we did and I almost got a 200-meter medal alongside girls that obviously hadn't broken their foot that yeah. year. And I remember being like, and my coach said to me, "Is like, do you believe me now? Like, next time you're going to win. And I remember being like, normally I'm like, oh, you know, we'll see, you know, like, kind of deflection. And I was like, no, I get it. I was literally like, no, I get it. I get what you say. He was like, great, finally, we're on the same page. Because I think since I was like eight, my coach has been like, that one's special, keeper. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I think that turning point for me definitely happened after the World Championships in 2017.
1: So, sis, I'm going to give you your accolades, yeah? Because oh, <laughs> you're the fastest British woman in history, yeah? The first Briton to win three medals at the World Championships. Like, how does having that title feel? Like, I can only imagine, it's like, nice. how proud your parents must be.
0: Oh, <laughs> I'm proud. my parents must be there happy yeah 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 it feels nice it, i still when I, I didn't even when i remember i remember when i was doing that in mm. and in qatar and i was going through that process me being me i'm not a statistician i just about know what my fastest times are let alone what like the rest of british history has been doing or the rest of world history so i remember i was in the bbc studio and they told me that and i was like oh really i'm the first person to get free they were like yeah i was like oh great that's really nice <laughs> but if i'm being honest like um um it's something that I don't like to kind of think about too, too much, not because mm. it's a bad thing. It's great. But it's one of those things where I just always want to keep moving forward and keep pushing because I'm still annoyed that two of those were silver and it wasn't three golds. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, so it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it was three, but they weren't all free of like the color that I wanted. And, um, and also like, I'm very, I just like to concentrate on, on, I don't know, getting medals as opposed to. That I don't like, I don't know. I do obviously bring British fastest women ever is very nice, (laughs) but I don't like to think about it too much because I just sometimes think that like records are always there to be broken. So I'm going to enjoy it right now.
1: Does winning a medal feel better? or different from breaking a record
0: oh yeah for me personally I think everybody's different because everybody comes into the sport for different reasons like some people just wanted to be the greatest ever so when they break the record they're like that's it that's my dream that's my goal and like for me it's just all been about my own kind of personal journey and seeing where I can go because when I was little I was like I just want to go to the Olympics and I got to the Olympics no. and I was like well I'm here now I'm like well next time I want to try and do this
1: always rising yeah
0: exactly so for me now it's like no let's see what I can win and what, how many like do you know what i mean so for me um being the like medals is definitely something that you can cherish and nobody can take them away from you because records oh, as technology mm. changes time changes people might run in a really sunny day at altitude in california and run faster do you know what i mean so like times can be fickle sometimes and and so i like medals and i like championships i like the the hype of championships i'm definitely I'm definitely more uh, I love yeah I love competing in championships
1: well with those bars that keep rising and rising like I think with that must come a lot of pressure like what are maybe some of the pressures behind the scenes and like even for example with relay like I can't even imagine yeah that pressure of making sure oh. that that person got that battle <laughs> before you like I can't even that exchange yeah I can't even imagine okay. the pressure that comes with that but
0: it's okay what are maybe,
1: yeah it's cool it's okay. so what are maybe some of the pressures <laughs> that we don't get to see behind the scenes
0: honestly I actually I always get this ask this question about pressure Mm. and I really struggle with it mainly because I think because our job is pressure, like sprinting in its essence is pressure. Like the gun goes, you've got 10 seconds to do it or not. If you don't do it, you'll come last. If you do, you'll win and your life has changed. So like the very essence of what we do is pressure. So to be a good sprinter, you have to not really care Mm. about pressure or love it and perform under it. And for me, I am a complete adrenaline rush girl. So I love the idea of like being, I don't even like calling it nervous, but I love the idea that like, it's do or die, like <laughs> maybe not do or die, but I just love it. So you know, like roller coaster you know, like mm. stealth when you hang over the edge. Like I love that no, feeling, so. the feeling of like you lost me. There, I know, but laugh. I'm just like that. No, but that's how I feel. I'm not, I'm <laughs> not with you there. <laughs> but that's it's just adrenaline. No, but that's how I feel on the start line, and that for me is like part of the high. Mm. Like that's the reason why I do it. You know, like I love that feeling of like, look, you, you know, those people on Instagram that's like, yeah, I've been grinding. I'm lifting this. I'm lifting yeah. that. I'm like, let's see then. Like, let's see. <laughs> let's talk oh, more action. Oh, like that us talk you more did it. Action. Honestly. Exactly. So that's what I mean. So I'm a person that's like, look, I... The time is now. So if you've got it, bring it. If you haven't, then <laughs> sorry. No, but like, but I'm trying to say, but like that obviously Part is that yeah, in yeah, itself yeah. is pressure. But that's also the energy of being a sprinter. Mm. Like we've all got that. Like we're all just like we're all we. You have to have that to be a good sprinter because the gun goes and you've got you've got to go and get it. So I just think that, and I think yeah, there are there are. I don't even know how to call them. I don't know because I don't. Mm. Pressure hard because you know it's part of the thing that well, I absolutely but- love. <laughs> so yeah, like when it's when it's on a knife edge, when you've got I don't know zero point two of a second to make that relay change, otherwise Jamaican girls will come out ahead mm. of you. Like you have got to get it done. You know, so you almost so you, convert, um, you,
1: you almost use it and convert yeah. it into a positive for you for yourself. Anyway, you t- you turn it into an definitely yeah.
0: personally, yeah i think yeah oh my Mm. gosh yeah you have to you have to turn what even if it's maybe not even pressure but even nervous energy like you have to nervous and nervous and excitement they're very they feel very similar in your in its essence like as a Mm. person this is just everybody when you're nervous and you're excited they actually feel in your body they have Mm. the same like neural response but if you tell yourself i'm not nervous i'm excited and i'm ready your reaction Mm. to the situation will be very different because your body is doing the same thing but it's your mind that tells Mm. you oh my starts to freak out when you can go no 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 I'm ready for this I'm nervous Um, I feel like this because I care because it's my moment and I'm ready to go and that's simple stuff like that you completely convert it but um, no relay is fun relay is definitely fun I think it is it is definitely higher stakes because when you mess up on your own it's like damn but like that's mm. that's my business you know <laughs> but when sometimes if you mess up on a relay and then you know because you get to know some of the relay girls and you might be aware that oh this one wants to go and have a baby mm. so this is her privately yeah, they won't tell the press obviously but privately she wants to have a yeah yeah of course not <laughs> but um you want to have a baby so she's we know that she's like looking having a baby with her partner so she wants to nail this one go have a baby and then maybe retire last, maybe not mm. so this could be her last champs you know or or the other one yeah she's come back from an injury and she knows she has to perform now otherwise us sponsors are in trouble or whatever so you end up carrying other people's hopes and expectations and that's when I'm a bit more like (sighs) Mm. (sighs) but um you practice enough you practice enough and you know you're going to nail it because if you do the work and you practice then you just get it done so yeah
1: I would love you to maybe share some tips with us to anyone who's thinking about like starting an athletic career
0: Oh my God. I would say go for it. It has honestly been, I mean, I'm obviously again completely biased, <laughs> but I, I couldn't imagine a life without sport and I couldn't imagine even myself without kind of. The stuff that sport has taught me. Even if I had stopped when I was eighteen, I still would have been so grateful for kind of going out there and starting running because I think it just really gives you so much self confidence and self belief. It gives you so much self esteem within your body because I'm so proud of my body for what it can do. Like if I lifted more than I if I did did the squat and I did more than I did last week, like I'm happy. Do I care what it looks like when it's doing it? Not really. (laughs) Like I'm not looking at that. So if I'm running, if I'm doing it, if I'm doing a race and I ran faster than I did last week, like I'm proud. And I think so much of my self-esteem, self-confidence and the way that I view myself is set up completely differently because I was I grew up in a sporting environment. So I would always recommend it. And athletics, I would say, honestly, it's the simplest sport to get into. Like you don't really need much. You can honestly go out and run. If you like longer stuff in the street, in the park, daylight, safer. Mm. But, um, (laughs) exactly. But, um, and also go down to your, you can Google your local athletics club and go down to your local athletics track if you want to try out throwing, jumping, uh, sprinting, anything. And because it's such a warm community and it's actually so easy to get into. I think as a community, we need to do a better job of signposting how it is. But honestly, you just turn up and you're like, I want to try something. And people will be like, all right. Mm-hmm. what like like if what you're interested in I can get you the person who specializes in this specializing in that they can talk it through with you mm. but um it's honestly so easy and yeah even if it's running you just need to put on some comfy shoes and go for a jog you don't need special equipment you don't need to even join something, it might help to go with a friend if you just, as my friend wrote me into cross country. Promise them some ice cream. <laughs> them exactly. In. If you need to bribe your friend, then go for it. <laughs> but honestly, it is it is so simple to get into running. And there's this whole thing, there's like a whole beautiful running community and like you get, it's really weird, but like I don't really experience it as a sprinter, but you know, the longer distance people, they always talk about a runner's high. And when you do something and you complete something or you run your 1k or 2k or 5k fasting did last week like they're happy for the whole week you know and and it's just part of yeah just fulfilling yourself and 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 yeah, just being more vibrant and more happy in your life.
1: Oh, I love that. So obviously, we've been in a pandemics.
0: Um, oh, panpanseta, panapota, panna pavlova. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I prefer pavlova. I, I actually like pavlova. Um, <laughs> yeah. What did the Olympics being delayed? How did that affect you? How did it impact you? All of that good stuff.
0: Um, to be fair, um, in the grand scheme of life, I don't think it was going to. I mean, obviously, in well, in one way, it's huge because mm. like all of our training programs are geared towards 2020, like we're we're aiming to peak at 2020 we've done the work we've done the training you build up your momentum over the years like i doubled up in the year doubled Mm. up in the europeans in 2018 did well in 2019 to go and look to push the next level in 2020 like that's the progression you know so it is a bit of a oh okay (laughs) everything moved so you do have like to take a step back rejig and then realign all your training program and goals towards 2021 but in the grand scheme of life um you know I feel like we've been the the world has been through such a crazy Mm -hmm. event like it almost feels so kind of futile and shallow to complain that like a race got moved by a year do you know what mm. I mean like like don't get me wrong like it is big in our world like it's huge like it's everything that we're always going for but like the world has been through so much so <laughs> it much feels of... very odd do you know mm. what I mean like it feels very odd but um, and also it got moved for everybody it's not like it just got moved for me it just mm. got moved for the Brits like everybody's in the same boat yeah. everybody around the world everybody's had disruption everybody's had rules regulations travel bans travel this Mm. competitions so everybody's had to make it work so um, it'll be interesting to see how the season pans out and Mm. see how athletes have coached with it but um, ultimately we're all in a very similar boat here Mm. and, and that goes for the athletic community and the rest of the world so it is what it is, isn't it? Like so many people of some stuff has been moved that like, it just is what it is. It's just another yeah. one of those things.
1: Yeah, I think one thing we've definitely, has definitely come away from this is just the, the ability to be able to pivot, you know? And I think for so many of you us, we've just, we've just had to pivot. We've just had to fa- find a way to kind of make it work. Um, during this time has obviously kind of been a quite a difficult one and a time for reflection for a lot of us, especially in the Black community with everything that was happening with BLM. Um, and I sometimes feel like as Black women, Women, and especially um women who have black women who have a following, if I'm gonna be honest, I found it I can and actually let me speak for myself. I've found it really tough during this time because it's almost a bit like you've kind of become the go-to on all subjects, BLM. You know? <laughs> have you experienced this too? Or like and I've been quite open about and I've been very vocal yeah. on social media about my thoughts and but if i'm really honest a lot of what we're saying it, it wasn't invented today wasn't invented yesterday no, it's not new it's not new you know and it was interesting because a lot of the conversations that have come is that it's more just like people probably more open to listening now which is a lot of the change yeah. but have you experienced this too have you felt like you've kind of maybe in the sports industry you've kind of been like pivoted to be like the spokeswoman on all things like race <laughs>
0: Oh, no, 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 not in sports, not mm. at all. Because sports, even if you look at the sports industry, like it's such a diverse industry, mm. particularly. Well, I mean, I can speak for track and field yes. and the global sporting community. Like the global sporting community has athletes. Like when I go to, way to a Diamond League, like I'm sitting on the table with people from Kenya, from South Africa, from America, from China, from Russia. Like, so we are a very global community. So Amazing. within. personally coming from sports I haven't ever felt that pressure but you also have to remember that this is again why I'm so big on people doing sports like Mm. (laughs) it is a very different community like uh, we have friends from around the world we have friends that 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 go through very different circumstances to us so the sports uh, from track and field community I've never really felt the pressure to be the spokeswoman Mm. because because the rest of the sport we all get it as well like I feel like when people have to have a spokeswoman is because you're sitting in a community that wants to be explained to and in sport in track and field we're not that community like we're yeah, not that yeah, place yeah. like we, like you know you know like we, we're we not but I know what you mean particularly with a following it's come from different areas um mm. mainly different areas mainly situated at home I have to say that the, the the stuff like when you want to be a spokesperson but well, they they be kind of look to you as an authority, and even me, I get it because I do have a degree in history, and I did end up specialising. Whilst I specialised in jazz, I did consistently look at the black experience, racial experience, and culture through many different lenses. So I completely understand where people actually ask me questions because <laughs> I can probably give them got an answer. Man. It's got yeah, no, but that's what I was gonna say. Like, I can actually give them an answer. Mm. But I also remembered I very much was like. I'll speak when I'm ready Mm. because, and that's again, another thing that sports taught me is how to kind of, yeah, enforce your boundaries when you need to. Like when I want to say something, I will. And when I want to say it, it's going to be on my terms and in the way that I want to, especially because that topic is... So important and so nuanced. What you Mm. say has to be the way that you want to say it because it can be spun, misinterpreted, and then suddenly you can be said to be saying something that you're not. Mm. This, everybody is offended. And especially as a public figure, you just have to be so careful and you really have to trust Mm -hmm. who you're speaking to and when you're speaking about it, which is why I've been very careful when I've I used to have a column and now I kind of write more ad hoc for other people. But um, I've got asked to come and speak about it loads and loads of times. And don't get me wrong, like, obviously I want to because it's something that I'm passionate about. But if I felt like it wasn't a space that was ready to listen listen, and receive... written and received yeah I've politely declined and it's not because I it's not because I don't want to but it's like yeah you're not you're not actually wanting to listen to me you're you want me to argue and you want me to debate and you want me to kind of yeah really get into it and on that topic sorry there's
1: no debate debating when it comes no. to racism there's no debate
0: no there's, there's no debate like if we're debating it you're not in a place to, to be discussed and don't get me wrong because i but then again this is when i talk about from my experience because mm. people that do go on debate it, i also think those people are really important and yeah. i applaud their energy mm-hmm. I, applaud I applaud it i applaud it i applaud it but just you know how i see myself mm. that's just not that's just not my place in this in this narrative in this trajectory I think I can affect change through other ways and also protecting myself I just know that debating something like that unless I want to burst into tears like mm, <laughs> it's this. not on public TV it's just not mm. it's just not the one especially last summer when it was like we, were, we had that we we're in the pandemic as well so everything was just heightened so yeah
1: everything <laughs> it was, was heightened. heightened
0: I remember being like I need to come up social media I was like I need to it's so much it's so much mm. but um, yeah if you know what I mean though it's nuanced yeah. But again, this is why, I, I mean, I bang on about it so much, but sports, I'm so grateful for sports. Mm. So grateful, so grateful because it's just a, it's a very different situation because yeah, no, the pressure didn't come from sports. No, because like everybody's from everywhere. Do you know what I mean? No, but everybody's from everywhere. Like, you know like everybody's from everywhere everybody's got a different life experience everybody's you got people from australia and like you've got so many different cultures so you never feel justified mm. you, i mean justified you never feel you're never asked to explain yourself mm. you just are you know love that and yeah you know like
1: <laughs> love that so um You've mentioned that, you know, being around with around so many people from different cultures, different backgrounds, different yeah. parts of the world. I'd love to maybe hear a little bit more about who are maybe some of your sporting heroes.
0: Oh, sporting heroes. I have to say it's probably Alison Felix who is the most... oof, I think she's the most decorated track and field athlete ever now. I think she overtook mm. you last year. Um, she's incredible and iconic i remember the first day i raised her like i remember i think i was i think i was 19 and i remember i raised her in birmingham first and it was a really weird feeling because i honestly grew up admiring this girl so much Well, mm. not this girl this woman so much i remember i watched her when she was 19 and when she was on tv come out and she was a young upstart and she was pushing all the all the greats you know what i mean like she was brilliant and i watched her go to world championships where we all thought she would win and she didn't win and then next time she came and got them all and I was like yes (laughs) you know (laughs) like I've been on the whole journey and then she is such an inspiration for me and she always carries herself with such grace and such poise and such dignity as well like she's honestly like the personification of you know what this is a lot I hope she's in here no I'm joking (laughs) but she's (laughs) no but she's honestly brilliant and um, I remember the first time I raised her, I had to do that really weird thing or I was like, look, Dina, you're on your own team here. So, um, <laughs> girl. yeah, girl, you got to run. But also allow yourself to have a moment of, wow, this is an amazing moment, you know? Mm. And my coach was like, I know you admire her, but you got to stay focused. I was like, okay. You better focus. <laughs> it's time to focus. Yeah, he was, like, he was like, I know how you feel about this, but you still got to go and get it. So I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, I think she's. Been phenomenal and i remember um there's just so many i remember jessica ennis just the way that she performed so well in 2012 and also how um she she would never say this because i don't and i don't this is my opinion this is not this is not her opinion Mm -hmm. but um she performed so well in 2012 and then she went to beijing 2015 13 months of having a baby and won the world title in seven events like do you know how insanely difficult that is not only did she have a baby and get over it she went to be the top of the world across seven events of the Teptaflon. like that is mad i still remember when she didn't win spotty i remember i was like oh my god what does she have to do what does she have to do (laughs) but um yeah I think she's just an incredible woman again and how she carries herself with such grace and poise because she's definitely had like career injury up and downs Mm. like like you know all athletes have like our bodies are our tools it's gonna break now and again that's just the way it is but um how she's just yeah carried herself she's such a, a fantastic yeah lots and lots and lots of positive role models in sport
1: though loads love that so i just <laughs> just to close i have a couple of fire questions for you
0: just okay. to go through uh favorite city in the world
1: international flexer are here
0: not a city but a region. caribbean
1: okay we we can, we can put okay. it in a sorry
0: sorry <laughs> okay <laughs> favourite food to eat we kind of pre-talked about this just before we came yeah Caribbean part. food <laughs> Caribbean food definitely um, fish, some roasted breadfruit dumplings
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> to them. Um, what do you do to relax in your spare time
0: sleep that's literally what I want to do sleep because I try six days a week when I have time to relax I'm literally like I'm lying down on my sofa and I'm taking a nap <laughs> uh, favourite hobby ooh um fashion clothes looking at mood boards and just imagining stuff in my brain I think Ooh, yeah love
1: that when do you feel the most comfortable in your own skin oh queen flex
0: I feel comfortable with my own skin all the time man uh-huh. I don't know you see
1: that kind of queen answer give no. it to them she said I feel no, comfortable like, in my I'm own me, skin man. all the time all the time
0: <laughs> you're funny but no I'm me man like I've only got one skin in there. I might as well be comfy uh,
1: <laughs> but yeah
0: yeah it's just me yeah
1: I love that answer is, that's the perfect
0: closing and so what's next start racing soon can't tell you exactly when because I'll ruin the race announcement and they don't need me to be doing that that whole PR strategy down the drain Pim. But yeah, when it's I always say when it starts to get a bit warmer, that's when all the track and field people start to pop out. So as it gets warmer and warmer, soon you'll see us on back on your TVs like Hey, you missed us, we missed you. Olympic here, let's go. So hopefully soon. And um yeah, so exciting.
1: I just wanted to say thank you so much for your time. You're so inspiring. There's so many of us that look to you and see you and see us and you know what representation means in this day and age and to even see you on TV on a national scale winning it owning it bossing it killing it is honestly like from the bottom of my heart it just fills me with so much joy so thank you oh, thank I can't you. wait you're to so see sweet. What's next thank for you. you I can't wait to be to be turning up when you're winning those medals sis <laughs> and hopefully I'm not even crossing the fingers because I know you're already going in the back I oh, know. I
0: always do that because it's just sis, <laughs> I know we're
1: affirming it right now you know we're affirming it we already know what time it is we already know the vibes you will win a circle (laughs) with that (laughs) but i love it thank you so much and for anyone that might not be following you on socials what's the app plug the app right now i'm
0: at dina rasha smith on instagram twitter i'm definitely more on instagram than i am twitter I think I'm the same thing on TikTok, but you know, I'm still learning that one. So Uh, bear with me.
1: (laughs) There you have it. The fastest British woman. Yeah. Just like that. You can't play no games (laughs) on here. We only have winners. Winners circle on that. I'm part of that. But anyway, it's all over guys. Thank you so much for joining. It's Dina Asher-Smith. She's the baddest and we'll catch up soon. (laughs) See you on the flip side.